Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up, it's Ted. And I'm Obert. And we're all back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Woo. It's been a long time, except return. for last week. And guys, you know what this week is, episode 52, what that means. Right. Uh, it's the number after 51. It's been a year. We've been doing oh, this for Oh, yeah. Full I was going to say, if we gave every episode one, one card. And then, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's been one whole year's worth of drinking alone with friends, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Should we go yeah. back in time and recreate episode one? That's You know, that's not a bad idea. Okay. Does anybody remember what they drank on episode one? Hang on, let me, if I, should I call my microphone and all this So every once in a while we have to make a little bidding as I was drafting a fantasy football team. Right, yep, yep. A lot of football talk that episode. Um, let me see. I think I did a Southern Grist beer. Um, I don't remember anything else. Oh, wait. Superman, Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Superman backstory Ratchet. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's my memories of episode one. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> or Electric Bungalow. Electric Bungalow. bungalow. There That's you go. Right. If you haven't listened to that one, go back. You got to listen to it. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Ted, welcome back. How uh, how was it? How was your getting married? How was your honeymoon, etc.? I know. It was it was awesome. Um, you know, the the wedding was great. I you know, obviously you guys talked about it a little bit. Um, any any comments on our on our half pour on your wedding? I feel like you should weigh in now that you have had a chance to listen, and you are also the one who's getting married. Yeah, fill that half pour up to the top now. <laughs> yeah, so I think it was, you know, it was it was awesome. I mean, from my perspective, it was the fastest day of my life. Um, I remember about a quarter of the entire ceremony and reception and all that, just because it was just such a whirlwind. Um, and as I think back on it, there's so many things I wish I would have done uh, that I just didn't have time to. I wish that the party was, you know, 12 hours instead of just five. <laughs> you wish you had had one, just one more of those wings at J. Timothy's. Yes. those wings were fantastic um couldn't have eaten any more wings by the time we left uh no but the the wedding itself was was great um you know i think people said it it was hot Uh, i didn't really notice Um, (laughs) (laughs) no it definitely it it was the hottest day in connecticut since like 1992 i think is what, what we heard uh so we always have that you know in the record books for us as well that we got married outside on the hottest day ever so that's fantastic. Um, but overall, I think everybody had a blast. It seemed like everybody had a blast, even despite the weather. Uh, you know, it just, everybody drank a lot of beer, but then also drank water. So everybody was, you know, kind of well-behaved, except for, you know, a few certain individuals who remain, remain nameless. Um, and then the honeymoon was fantastic. Uh, Italy itself is a great country. Um, the food is fantastic, obviously. That's the entire reason we went there, was to drink all the food and drink, or yeah, drink all the food and eat all the wine. <laughs> <laughs> they do things backwards over there. Yeah, listen, it's a different country. They, they do what they want. That just um, sounds like a grape slushy to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we went to Florence, to Rome, and then uh, to, to Sicily. We went to two different towns, Palermo and Tormina. Um, from those cities, we took tours to other cities. So we saw Pisa and Siena and drawing a blank on the, the towns in Sicily that we went to. I mean, they, nothing nothing big. Tormina and Palermo were probably the only two towns that people actually know exist in Sicily anyways. But overall, it was very interesting to see just the different, different dynamics and cultures uh, across the country. Because you know, mainland is very different from Sicily. Sicily actually has a whole bunch of uh, stickers that say uh, Sicily is not Italy. Just 
because they have a lot of pride <laughs> from being from that island. Okay. It, it was cool. I actually learned a lot that uh, what we would consider Italian-American culture is more Sicilian culture than it is Italian culture. So, oh, weird. Like, what's an example of that? So, uh, when we were in on, main, on the mainland uh, at, in Florence and Rome, when you ordered a pasta dish and, you know, say you ordered a bolognese sauce, it would come out with... Yeah, you know, the pasta and the the meat, but the sauce was very light, so it was almost like pinkish because it was just you know a little bit of sauce to mix together with the with the pasta to kind of give it the dish. It wasn't until you get to Sicily where you notice like the Italian style or the American Italian style food where it's you know the pasta with you know the massive amount of uh, tomato sauce on top. Uh, same thing with the pizza. The pizza on mainland Italy is very different from the pizza in Sicily. Pizza in Sicily is like the pizza that we would eat here, um, like the the Frank Pepe's style pizza. Uh, meanwhile, on mainland, it's a little bit thicker. It's a little bit less crunchy. Uh, Sicilian okay. Sicilian style pizza, mm. what we would call Sicilian style pizza here in America, is really some other word in Sicily, which is really just like stuffed bread. So it's it's very interesting. And that, and then uh, on Sicily, they have this thing called granata or granati, which is basically Italian ice. Think about like when you go to the store and get the little cup and you have to scrape yeah. it with a spoon. Yeah. Yeah, this Luigi's. is this is basically like a snow cone meets uh meets Italian ice, where it's it's softer, but it's all made out of fresh fruit and ice. It's just it's fantastic. But that's a Sicilian thing. It's not a uh, not an Italian thing. So it's just okay. it's just very very interesting. And then being there, uh, you know, looking like I do, people tend to tend to have thought that I was Italian. So I'd walk into any place and they'd instantly just start talking Italian to me. And I had to sit there and go uh, English, or they would see Caitlin and they'd be like, oh. And then they have to start oh, talking English to me. You, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's Rope. cool, that's funny. But so this is a drinking podcast. Um, what? Tell us about the wine. The wine was fantastic. Um, did, well, important question: Did you bring any? Did you get any back home? We did. Uh, we went to a a winery and bought some wine, and they shipped it back for us. Um, and then oh, I also threw a cool. bottle or two in my suitcase on the way back as well. That made okay. it. So that are you gonna ha- are you gonna feature it on the podcast at some point? Maybe. Again, this is a drinking podcast. I feel like the, this podcast may careen off a cliff if I had to drink an entire bottle of wine. You can on share the it bottle. with Caitlin. That is true. Yeah, she would. En- we can. She would enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. can be a guest on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> but the wine is fantastic over there. Uh, averaging like somewhere between six to. $15 a bottle and it's better than anything you can get in the United States and obviously when you go to a restaurant in the US you can't get a bottle of wine that cheap yeah it's pretty cheap you said 6 to 15 yes damn the most expensive Dana's, bottle Dana we- the other day was like can you buy this $22 bottle of wine I was like no I'm gonna <laughs> buy this $15 beer though <laughs> The most expensive bottle of wine we bought at a at a restaurant was I think twenty two. Wow! All right. We Dang saved all the corks. Uh, you don't want to see how many corks we have because it's just it's it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you had a lot of fun. Put it that yes. way. Yes, yes, a lot of fun. Was very dehydrated throughout the entire trip. It was great. <laughs> you just rehydrated with your Italian ice. Your uh, right. What did you call it again? Granati. Granati. Yeah. That was, yeah, that 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 did help. Uh, the gelato did not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what those, those that country over there, I don't know how all the people in that country are not 500 pounds and have to be rolled everywhere. They're all in shape and they're it, all skinny. Is it because they don't drive anywhere? They walk everywhere? Is that why? Oh, no, they drive and they, they drive, drive like crazy people. 
Do they have like stoplights or do they just go for it? They have stoplights, but the uh, the scooters, the Vespas, don't seem to follow the rules of the road. And they just kind of like weave in out of traffic whenever the hell they feel like it. Um, we didn't see one accident the entire time we were there, but I'm surprised that there's not, you know, 10,000 scooter deaths accidents. every day. <laughs> did you rent a car or did you just go, did you have other people drive the whole time? We had thoughts of renting a car until we saw them drive. And then we were like, nah, we're good. Yeah, that sounds smart. You stuck with the Vespas, right? I got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> At one point on the highway between towns, we were doing uh, 180 kilometers, which is 115, I think, 110, something like that, That's in miles fast. per hour. So these That's guys just fast. fly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. I know. That's crazy. But, but I mean, we can talk more about on the other side, but I think we're all getting thirsty. You know, it's been a while since you've done this, Tud, so we got to make sure that you quite remember how this podcast works okay so, so can you yeah. teach me you want me to teach you sure all right fine i'll teach you teach me See, what podcast. we do is that we t- we take local drinks and we drink them and it's very good for everybody okay well i mean and it's the 52nd episode so we, we really should reset like what we do and right right <laughs> <laughs> this is uh so we're rebranding no longer drinking alone with friends we are something not drinking Alone with uh, together with H- honeymoon stories with Todd. <laughs> with, On this edition of friends. honeymoon stories with Todd. Whoa, this beer is not the way I expected it to look. Well, oh, what does man. that mean? It's so pretty. Does it not look like a beer? It's one of the prettiest beers I've ever seen. I think. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, well, it doesn't. Look- Our audience can't. So, <laughs> why don't you tell us about it? It looks right. brown. Uh, yeah, I realize that's because I'm sitting in the, in the cave. <laughs> Uh, so this is Blackberry Bake Shop, which is a Berliner Weiss with blackberry, vanilla, and cinnamon. It is uh, from Heist Brewery in Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's a local boy for me. Um, and I mean, it doesn't come across very clear on the on the on the screen, but it's like a nice uh, like it, it almost looks, looks as though there's like crushed blueberries in it. Um, so like a nice uh, pinkish, purplish kind of kind of beer look at the instagram it looks very hazy yeah i was gonna say if you take a picture of it and throw it up on the instagram people will be able to see it oh yeah yeah gonna do that for sure but yeah very hazy can't see through it very thick kind of thick looking no head the head kind of went away right away so but i'm pretty excited so let's uh let's go ahead and let's give this give this thing a try so since coming back from italy i have to admit I've, i've been struggling on this uh beer drinking adventure like i just I drank so much wine that I don't taste. I'm struggling getting like the the taste of, the taste for beer again. I guess it's more the the comment. Hmm, interesting. It is interesting. I'm sure it'll come back. But. <laughs> it'll come back around. <laughs> Just the next the next 52 episodes. Tud drinks only wine. Only wine. <laughs> this this wine this week. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I live right down from to- the road from Total Wine. We've been there a lot since we've gotten back, and they have some like bottles for like two ninety nine. So. There may be a segment coming where's up. The, where where's the decimal in that price? <laughs> $2.99. Okay. Okay. Because they also have wines that are two ninety nine. Oh, they probably have them for 299 as well. Yeah. But yeah. there may be an, uh, uh, you know, a future segment coming up that's like Tud Drinks Cheap Wine live for the pod. <laughs> Fa- <laughs> we're, we're workshopping the title. Yeah. <laughs> Face your beers. TF, TF. Face your beers, Total Wine Edition. Or Cheap Wine. Tud's from- Weekly Wine. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Um. You can have that one for free. Um, so this beer is not what I expected. 
especially from the the look of it. Uh, I do get I do get some uh, blueberry in it, but uh, the vanilla and cinnamon really come through pretty strong. It almost kind of like I don't know, just overpowers the blueberry, which is I think hard to do sometimes. Yeah, especially considering how it looks like a purple beer. I know. I'm very very surprised. That is that is interesting. So how sweet is it? How sweet it is to be loved by you. There you go. Uh, it's 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 starts off uh, hits you pretty pretty good with some sour right up front, and then uh, the vanilla and I assume the blueberry and it takes over and kind of sweetens out towards the end. So it doesn't like stay sour, but it does hit you pretty pretty good up front with like a uh, a nice hit of sour. It's not crazy sweet, um, but it definitely is. It definitely starts sour and tails off. And remind uh, me again, this is a Weiss Weiss beer, correct? Yeah, a Berliner Weiss. Yes. So pretty. It's very interesting. Just a lot of stuff going on. It sounds like it. Yeah, and it sounds like mm. not like your typical Berliner Weiss. No, no. I've had a lot of like fruit sours that have had lactose in them. Um, and but not, I don't know the cinnamon. I think the cinnamon's really kind of throwing me off a little bit. Not a bad beer by any means, but just I think it's throwing me off a smidge. I think without the cinnamon, it probably would have been a better beer, in my opinion, which means literally nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it's your podcast. You can, we can. Your opinion's valuable here. I guess we, that's we true. trust it a lot. True. Yeah. So, with all that being said, what would you rate it? Yeah, I'm gonna give this one more sip for just to just to make sure. Yep. And Don't want to rate it prematurely. I definitely fucked that one up. <laughs> it's Blackberry Big Shop. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'll just record Blackberry and put dub it over. Blackberry. Big shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, I would give this beer a three and a quarter. It's not a bad beer. I probably wouldn't get it again, um, but it is very interesting. I think without the cinnamon, I would have been way more into it. So. And if you had to take a guess, what does the untapped universe rate this as? Hmm. I'm gonna guess three point seven six. Close, but no cigar. Ah. Three point eight seven. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I figured it looks it looks like it would be something that people would like. I don't know. The can just has a nice polished look to it. It looks as though they put it out a lot, so I assume that they What do you what do you mean polished look? What does the can look like? I don't know. It just it kinda looks well put together and like Oh, it's I don't got know. like blackberry w- jam dripping down the front of it and <laughs> right. looks <Yeah>. very tasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I assumed that it was like maybe one of their flagships or something like that, but I don't know. I haven't been to Heist yet. Heist, I'm coming for you, but. Um, hey, maybe for an I, interview. Hey, yeah. Maybe. Hit us up. <laughs> but so, Tud, that's that's kind of how it's done around oh, here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you think you can handle it? Yeah, let me let me take a stab at it. All right. Well, right what wine do you have on, for us this week? Yeah, you're on watch. So I actually did not bring a wine, which, you know, hashtag party foul on my bath, I, I guess. Um, I'm actually drinking a whiskey this week called Blackened, which is a blend of straight whiskeys finished in blackberry brandy casks. Ooh. Um, this is an interesting whiskey because what they do is they put the whiskey in in this case, in brandy casks, and then they put it in a warehouse, and then they blast Metallica um, <laughs> in the warehouse to help age the, the whiskey. Hence the name Blackened, which is, you know, obviously a Metallica, a, a, the name of a Metallica song. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so this is, 
So this is this is a whiskey done in collaboration with the band. Um, Could you imagine living next door to that distillery? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> just hearing Metallica twenty four seven three sixty five, just blasting away. That's awesome. It's such a weird concept. I've I've, I've been poking around on their website trying to figure out uh, if you can find out like what songs they played. And oh, hang on, I might have just found it. Batch playlists. Each batch of Blacken has a unique playlist that was used to sonically enhance the whiskey during finishing. As the well-aged whiskey rests in the finishing barrels, the music is played to the barrel, causing the whiskey inside to move and interact with the wood. The movement of the whiskey and the amount of interaction depends on the song being played, so the variation of the music creates a slight nuance from one batch to the next. Throughout this process, the distiller tests the whiskey to determine the optimal color and flavor of each batch. So, for this one... I am drinking batch 91, which the playlist for it, it's got to scroll down 91 batches. Hang on one second. <laughs> uh, the playlist was arranged by Lars of Metallica, and the songs that were played were Creeping Death, The God That Failed, Bleeding Me, Sabra Cadabra, Master of Puppets, Until It Sleeps, The Judas Kissed, and Sweet Amber. It's a pretty good playlist. Yeah, no, not bad. <laughs> so so this, Pick, this picked by Lars himself, too. I know, picked right? Picked by Lars himself, yep. So uh, let's let's taste it and see how it comes out. Obviously, as we all know, I'm drinking it with a few ice cubes just to get it a little cold because that's how I prefer my whiskey. Yeah, that, that's like an absolutely buck wild way to, <laughs> to to make to make whiskey. It's definitely <laughs> one of the most creative ways I've, I've heard of distilling alcohol. I know it's it's awesome, and like are, they must be licensed. We'll figure it out in a second, but we'll, they must be like in in partnership with Metallica. That's I what assume. that's what he said. Yeah. Oh, did Tuck he? Oh, I missed that, that part. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, see, I feel like you need a lesson on how to do this. This review, this review. Oh, uh, got me. No, this is how good. Is it? This, this, it's very sweet. Um, for a whiskey, like I wouldn't say like sweet like Chris's beer, but it, it is you know on the sweeter side of the whiskey spectrum. Well, you said um, it's in a bra- it's in a brandy bottle, right? What or, what is it about? A brandy cask. Brandy cask. Mm. Yeah. Blackberry brandy is that what you said? This one. I'm getting confused because Touch little... was black or Chris's was blackberry. This right. is also Yours... this is. Black brandy. Black brandy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're just throwing all all different types of words around. Yeah. So I can see how of, it would be a Polish. little sweeter than a typical whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really good. I mean, you definitely get the sweetness. Um, you know, I can definitely taste the creeping death in it and the yeah. master of puppets. <laughs> no, but overall, I you. Know, Definitely, I mean, it tastes like a whiskey, but it tastes like a unique, you, you can tell something funky happened to this whiskey. It just tastes not like anything I've had. I, I definitely recommend people go out and, and, and buy it. Obviously, you'll have to find a different batch. Uh, there's, you know, a, there appears to be over 100 different types of batches. So go out to your nearest store and, and buy one. But overall, a lot of oaky flavors. Uh, you definitely get a little bit of a brandy flavor. I'm assuming that the, the sweetness is probably the black brandy versus... Regular brandy. I don't really know. I'm not a brandy drinker. But overall, I like it. I would probably give this probably a 4.0. I think that, you know, part part of what intrigues me about it is the fact that it, obviously it is in partnership with Metallica. And I can go on here and click the Spotify link and listen to the playlist that my whiskey was aged in while I'm drinking the whiskey. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that is pretty sweet. Yeah. So while you do that royalty free uh, in the background, <laughs> why don't I move on to my beer? Sure. Um, so this week on the podcast, I have the Spreacher IPA, Spreacher India Pale Ale. 
Um, I don't know if you've heard of these guys before. I think they've been around for a long time. I know they've been around for a long time. They are from Glendale, Wisconsin. Um, Never heard of share a little bit about the brewery. Uh, Randy Spreacher was a former Pabst Brewing Company brewing supervisor. He founded Spreacher Brewing Company in Milwaukee in 1985 with an emphasis on German-style beers, uh, uh, which continues to this day. Uh, They like to brew Maybox, Oktoberfest, Hefeweiss, Schwartz beers, that kind of stuff. Um, They've since moved. In 94, they moved to Glendale, Wisconsin. And... um, They've established themselves as significant contributors to the city of Milwaukee's impressive brewing tradition, which reaches far beyond the presence of the current mega brewery that's based in the city. Um, I didn't know this. This is, I thought this was interesting. Uh, that in the late 19th century, where is it? Were they referring um, to Milwaukee's best there, by the way? Um, but I didn't know this, that um, before Prohibition, there were 80 breweries in Milwaukee. That's probably why they oh, wow. have the brewers, right? That's Milwaukee. Um, yes. Yep. Mm. Oh, by the way, the uh, the major brewing company that's based in Milwaukee is Miller. Miller. Uh. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but um, but yeah. So with all that being said, um, cheers. Here's some uh, Spreacher IPA. Looks dark. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is definitely a darker IPA. But I can see your face through it too. Yeah, it's definitely it's filtered. I mean, it's not cloudy, um, but it's definitely more of an amber colored IPA than what I typically drink um this is definitely a malt more malt forward ipa than i normally have i guess that kind of makes sense though because you said that they did a lot of the more european styles and what was it german style you said yeah they do a lot of german german style beers um but to be honest this one's not really doing it for me i don't know it's just just as a basic ipa this is a little too malty um this is very standard basic ipa is what i would say which I mean, mm. with the, with, if you're going to call your beer their India Pale Ale, I mean that's what. What more do you expect, right? Hashtag basic ale. Yeah, um, I'm reading here that this is um, double dry hopped with. Um, it doesn't say which specifically. It just says it's brewed with Cascade Chinook and Centennial. So you could see, yeah, that's again very typical IPA hops. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to give this one a three. It didn't didn't do it for me. Nothing. Nothing to knock it down into two territory, but this is just, you know, an okay IPA. Would you drink um, it again? Well, I still have I still have three more in my fridge. So, yes, I will drink it three more times <laughs> and then probably never again. But I wouldn't go out of my way if I saw it on, on a uh, tap list or anything like that. You wouldn't turn around and run in the opposite direction? No. If I was at a party and someone was like, hey, you got to try this beer. I handed me a Spreacher IPA. I'd be like, thanks, man. And then just quietly drink it until they asked, what do you think? And then I'd say, it's okay. Just like that. That's what <laughs> I, I would th- give it a three out of five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think the untapped universe rated this? I want to say they gave it a three and a half. They, they are close, just like Chris, but not, not, not really. 3.39. Okay. So I was closer, I, I think, to... It's the, the untapped universe is closer to my thoughts on it than I than I gave them credit for. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's a good it's a good podcasting beer. I'll say that it's a good beer to just sit back, relax, and talk with some friends who are drinking alone with me. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> uh, so when I was in Italy, um, I know uh, I know a couple months ago we brought we brought up the name of a brewery that. I don't. I can't remember the the news article about him, but I know it was some bad press. But I happened to stop in their brewery, 
because you know when in Rome, as they say. Oh, um, uh, I get it. <laughs> so we I, we went to uh, Brew Dog in uh, Florence. So the so Brew Dog is a brewery based out of uh, the UK. Um, they got in a, they got in trouble a couple months ago for the. Oh, I remember what the story was. Their owner was hiring marketing people. Or bringing marketing people in and asking them to like do like a presentation for a job and then just stealing their ideas and not hiring the people. And he just right. kept on doing that and getting in trouble. Uh, so I went to the brewery, though, and the brewery was pretty cool. Um, I had Obviously, because you're in Europe, you have beers from you know, around Europe. So we had a, a few unique beers there. One that was written in Russian, which was probably one of the better beers I had in, in all of Europe. Um, or all of Italy, I guess, because I didn't really go anywhere else besides that. Uh, <laughs> and then Brewdog's, Brewdog's beers overall, I gotta tell you, eh, but it was the, the tap list outside of their beers that was really interesting. I had a beer from Dublin, I had a, that wasn't Guinness. I had a beer, <laughs> beer from Russia, a beer from Spain, and a beer from, um, Alba- Albania? I think it was Albania. That's cool. Which, did, so did you check all these beers in? I did. So so what was that Russian that Russian beer you said that was really good? What was it? Um it was a it was an IPA. Let me let me pull it up here. It was called Kavik. K V E I K. Cool. And that was the name um, of the beer or the brewery? The beer the beer. And it was the brewery was uh Ale Farm, I think is what it was called. Nice. I mean I don't see too many too many imports around here, but you know, next time I go into a import bottle shop i'll definitely look look in the russian section see if i can find it yeah it, it definitely yeah. definitely from ale from ale farm brewery um in russia but the, if you we'll we'll throw up a picture on the instagram um the can is all in russian it's it's actually really cool that was the best beer i had in, in italy other beers that i had were like green the green path ipa from dublin uh another one called la bala lavor from florence just some really, it was interesting to see that the beer culture is obviously alive and well in Europe. And, you know, un, unknowingly to me, Italy has a pretty thriving beer scene as well. Um, hmm. A lot of their beers, obviously, they're more Belgian style, but they're kind of catching on to the U.S. Uh, trends. And so you start to see them try to do like hazy IPAs or uh, really, really fruity, fruit forward sours. It's It's interesting. That was one interesting thing I had takeaway with your interview with Brewery Legitimus was how you, he was saying how over in uh, Belgium they're doing they're taking a lot of American influences now and doing a lot of the new hops which I thought was really cool. So it sounds like that's making its way down to Italy too. Yeah, and that name of that that beer that Kavik that was the name of the yeast that was used in the beer. Um, so just it was just interesting. Uh, it's it's cool to see them blend together. A lot of the, a lot of their beers, like the Belgian style beers that they're that they're adding, you know, the new hops to and the U.S. style of brewing, the, you get a lot of interesting flavors that pop out. So hmm. just thought I'd share that tidbit with you guys too. Well, let me. I wanted to ask about a couple other Italian drinks and just real of quick, course. we'd go through the list here. So, did you have any Peronis? I did have a per. I did have two or three Peronis um, yeah. of different different styles so like the normal peroni then they had like a peroni gold and and that's like the budweiser of of italy oh uh, it's, it's every it's them. every it's like the so i surprisingly the beer that that we saw the most of was uh beer murray i think that was the one that was it was pretty much everywhere or beer Mickler. it was i thought it was going to be peroni but it wasn't oh interesting that's surprising to me yeah it was uh pretty much everywhere that they had one certain beer it's called Bira Moretti. Huh. What do you think of it? It 
honestly tasted just like any other lager. Boring lager. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually do prefer Peroni better, but this was the one that everywhere you went, this was the beer that they had. Um, every little convenience store you stopped into, that was the beer they were selling. Um, you know, if you saw beer bottles on the side of the road, that was the beer bottle. So it was just interesting to see that it wasn't, you know, we think of it in the United States as, oh, Italian beer is Peroni, but it really is this one. Beer oh, okay. Already. Well, let me, let me continue my rapid fire questions here. So do you have any limoncello? Sure. I did. Of course. I bought, brought some bottles back. Very nice. How about any Aperol spritzes? Any of those? Did those. Those are very good. Yeah. You're a fan. Will you make those I, at home? I could I could make them. I mean, it's it's relatively easy. But yeah, I would definitely make them at home. I thought they were pretty good. Yeah. Any other aperitif type stuff? I had a Hugo. I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. What's that? That is, um, it's made with Aperol as well, but it's with, uh, I think it's like lemon beer or like lemon soda. It was interesting. Uh, lemon soda and like mint. It was really wow. good. I drank, those, good. I drank a lot of those. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it for my lightning round questions. Yeah, and then I drank <laughs> a lot of Chianti and a lot of uh, Nero Diavola wine and not a lot of white. I, I mean, white's not really an Italian thing. It is in Sicily, but it's not really anywhere else. And mm. by that point, when we got to Sicily, I was already adjusted to the red wine. I was like, I'm just going hard in the paint on this red wine all the time. <laughs> The cool thing about their wine is their wines don't really have sulfates in them, so hangovers are not really a thing. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to drink three or four bottles of wine and then wake up the next morning feeling like you weren't smacked by a semi-truck. Three or, bo- three or four bottles. That's a light day. <laughs> well, you space I mean, them out. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Right. You, you drink one for <laughs> breakfast. You drink one for lunch. You drink one for dinner. You drink one for after dinner. Four bottles. <laughs> Mid- oh. midnight, midnight snack. Yeah. yeah. It's easy. <laughs> That's cool. So- one more, one more question. So you went for like what it seemed like a million years, but two weeks. you went to two weeks, two whole weeks in Italy. Correct. What was like, if you had, if you could, if you, if there was one thing that you would recommend everybody do, what is it? Go to Italy. Okay. Wow. I guess that's fair. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the coolest. I mean, obviously, I was super pumped for the Colosseum. So. That did not disappoint by seeing that live and in person. That's um, awesome. Did you watch you like know, any gladiator matches or no? You know, I I tried to challenge somebody and you know they promptly ran away screaming in terror. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was really cool to see that in person. We didn't plan on going to the Vatican, but once we were there, we were kind of were like, well, we have to go to the Vatican. I mean, you know, like I said before, when in Rome, you have to go to the Vatican. So we did that. We climbed St. Peter's Basilica all the way to the top. Uh, cool. up the Domo. So we were outside. Um, we got to see the, the whole entire city of Rome from a really unique vantage point. You know, I go into a lot of the small towns. Siena and Lucca are two towns in particular that stick out to me. Uh, Siena was just fantastic. It's just it's just really cool. I would recommend people go to Sicily, too. I From a lot of people I talked to who have been to Italy, not a lot of them have gone to Sicily. So Did you see less tourists there than you did at uh, other Italian cities? Yes, we saw a lot of Italian tourists because that's they go to Sicily. It's like their vacation spot, right? It's their Orlando. Oh. Yes, it's their Orlando. <laughs> uh, Tormina is in the shadow of Mount Etna, so you can see the you know Mount Etna is the second most active volcano in the world behind the the volcano on the Big Island of Hawaii, and so it constantly smokes and is constantly having uh, lava runs, but it doesn't ever like explode like what you would think of a volcano which is kind of it's it's more of a drizzle than a big burst correct (laughs) so it's just really cool to see that in the background as it you know overlooks the mediterranean sea i i think you know under the radar go to sicily 
And I know that nice. that's kind of a very broad thing, but Palermo is considered the cultural capital of Italy. Um, it's where they claim that that Italian was first invented and spoken. Um, is Palermo on Sicily? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's where La Mafia is from. So it's uh, it's a very weird city because it it's safe. It's extremely safe. But you could tell that it's safe because something ain't quite right with the city. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, so so final question for you is how do you say, can I see your drink list in Italian? Uh, I just said, you know, I, I would just order, you know, house red wine, please. Uh, so how do you, in, in English? No, uh, vino rosa de la casa. There we go. That's oh. what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, that's red, that's house red wine, please. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, cool. I got by, by the end of the trip, I was able to get by small conversations in Italian. Um, uh. Partly because they, everybody talked Italian to me. So I was finally like, screw it. I'm going to play with Google Translate for a little bit and figure out how to say some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You got to embrace the culture. Yeah. yeah. Uh. I learned how to order like like a bottle of water uh, with mm. with or without gas, which is seltzer water or sparkling water or not. Oh. <laughs> they always want to know. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's their biggest question. Sin gas, con gas. That's what it is in uh, <laughs> In Peru. It's uh, oh, frizzante in Italian. Frizzante. Uh. Or, or no frizzante. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Did you learn how to ask to go to the bathroom? Because that's the one thing I, I'll, I'll never forget about Spanish. Uh, it's the same word. It's baño. Oh. It's just spelt different. It's B-A-G-N-O. Um, and all of their bathrooms are labeled as toilets. So it's really easy to pick them out because it's the same word. Uh, so you just kind of sit there and go toilet and they just kind of point at you. You go in there. <laughs> toilet? They point at you. Yeah. <laughs> You're the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> toilet? Yeah, I am. Okay. Just making uh, sure. Well, uh, we're glad you're back. I'm sure you're yeah. not, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, the biggest slap in the face was we went to the mall, um, the Buckland Hills Mall for anybody in Connecticut on Monday. and. We were walking back to the car, and you can kind of—it's kind of elevated, so you can see Manchester and South Windsor. And I just had the the overwhelming realization as I was walking back out to the car of, oh, you know, two days ago I was overlooking like the Mediterranean Sea and Mount Etna, and now I'm overlooking Manchester, Connecticut, and that was just like the biggest like wake up call, like, <laughs> oh hey, I'm home. <laughs> uh, home. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, but the Snapchats and all that stuff and the texts were awesome. So I'm glad you guys had a ball. Yes. And, uh, but we are glad to have you back. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I'm happy to be back with you guys, but like, I'd rather just be there. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, you could still do this podcast from Italy, right? They have internet, right? Yeah. It's just a six yeah. hour time difference. I mean, we'd, we'd figure it out. <laughs> we'd make it work. <laughs> yeah. We, we'd figure it out. You know, it, the funny thing was like, you guys would be like texting each other because it was like four o'clock for Obert. And yeah, six o'clock for you, Chris. And it was like mm-hmm. I'm like going to bed. <laughs> it's like midnight. I know it was it was really weird. Like you were texting, you were you would like text or send a Snapchat at when, and it's like I don't know two a.m. and because I'm at work and I get Snapchats like ready for the day or something like that. And I'm yep. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we wake up at like seven or eight a.m. And, you know, and it'd be like you know three four a.m. for you guys. Yeah, it was uh, it's pretty funny. The first couple of times I was like, damn, they're up early, <laughs> but that's because I'm stupid. So <laughs> <laughs> I will recommend never doing Italians, man. Sure. They sure get up early over there. <laughs> <laughs> they get up at like 2 a.m. It's crazy. 
I would recommend never doing a, a red eye flight. I hated that. That that first Saturday we were there, I was miserable, and I don't yeah, think I, I ever caught up on sleep. Last, I took a red eye when I was coming home for your wedding, and it just sucked. I'm not. I don't like that. It sucks. It's not bad. I think it wouldn't be bad to end the trip if you had like if you're flying east on a red eye at to like come back home. Okay. Um, and you had like a day to recover, but I think. Because then you have like your full last day of vacation. And then at the end of your day of vacation, you're like, okay, now I have to catch a flight. True. Right. But but I think to start a trip, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> we never fully adjusted to the time, the time change, which was interesting. We never got over the jet lag. But it might have been those four bottles of wine today. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we weren't hungover, but we were just tired the we entire time. We were just so time. jet lagged. By the time <laughs> we got the jet lag, another bottle of wine. <laughs> when we landed back in, in New York, uh jfk it like we were like right back on like eastern standard time again it was you, there was like no adjusted fast coming home yeah i also don't recommend sitting on a plane for eight and a half hours yeah that seems like that a sucks lot. <laughs> at least you get a free meal you do get a free meal They're, then their food's not too not too bad on alitalia Oh, every comedian I've ever seen in my life is like airplane food. What's with this stuff? So maybe it's, they mean it's really good. It's okay. I mean, it's it, it's not the worst thing I've eaten, but it's you <laughs> it's know, good. It's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. And you get free mm. wine. Oh, okay, that's the yeah. real tip there. Yeah, there you go. Fly to Italy, get free wine. <laughs> <laughs> so shifting gears back to back to America time, America stuff. Boo, America sucks. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. We love the troops here. Um, hey, I didn't so, say anything about the troops. That's true. That's true. You didn't. That was a, that was a bold leap. On All of head. America sucks except for the troops. <laughs> Tud's claim. Uh, uh, but there's a, there was a fun article that Dana sent me, and I figure we could do this over a couple, a couple episodes, but it is uh, the Definitive Craft Beer Urban Dictionary. So... I want to go through a few, see if you guys know these, and if not, maybe we can enlighten the listeners to some of these 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 slang terms that you see on the internet, the interwebs, as we like to okay. call them. Damn kids. Okay. Maybe yeah, I'm I know. slang. Get off my So wall. we're going to start it off. The first one is beer wall, also known as a beer tower. Is this just when you stack up all your beer that you bought from your trip to Connecticut? Hey, there it is. Obert knows this one. Yeah. It's a bizarre thing New England IPA lovers do. After procuring their full allotments of a rare release, they head back to their apartments, neatly stack their cans into a wall of beer, and then photograph it for the express purpose of bragging on Instagram. (laughs) Sounds familiar. Yeah, Yeah. I wonder who's done that before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Check out Instagram. (laughs) See all the stuff I bought. Uh, What about B-I-N or bin? This is an online term. I don't know that one. Wait, isn't it just like a recycling bin? No, no, it's it stands for buy it now. So apparently online folks will like offer a rare beer for sale and someone will the first person to respond B.I.N. is uh, the one who gets dibs on it. Kind of kind of silly. Yeah, that is. I mean, everybody needs a thing. That's their <laughs> I that's guess, our yeah. thing. Hmm. The next few are a little uh, a little easier. We've gone. We talked about them. Uh, for example, seller. So. Oh, were you, were you age, save the beer, age it. Yep. Yep. Now, yeah, Todd, you're still finishing your cellar out in your garage, correct? Is that? Yeah, um, I'm going to move into. The, I I have thought about this. I am going to relocate some of my beer into the basement once I discover how to get rid of the mice that I'm sure live down there. I recommend traps or a cat. 
Yeah. Caitlin can't have cats. Never no, we actually <laughs> talked about getting a cat today. So. Oh, there you go. So there might be a kid. Oh, man. That would we, be awesome. Caitlin wants to name it Fred. So, And if it's a girl, Fredrika. <laughs> it's not a great cat name, but it's fine. Hey, don't don't diss Fred or Fredrika. Don't don't diss my imaginary cat. <laughs> it's gonna be so mad that's, someday. That's my that's my cat baby. Uh, okay, next next one is collabs. We've we've talked about those. Yeah, collaborations. Yeah, between, between brewers. two breweries. Yeah, it's when like two breweries come together to make a beer in one or the other's facility. Is that normally how it works? Yeah, yeah. When yep. two breweries love each other very much. Yeah, <laughs> sign a contract <laughs> and brew a collab. Uh, so here's one that I I hadn't heard of before. Glass Whale. You guys heard of that one? Is that like a rare it's, like glass release? That's like, what I would imagine. Like it's like a hard beer to find in a glass. No, no, I'm I'm talking like like glassware. Like your cup, like Chris's cup is really hard to find. So yeah, yep. Tud's 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 on the right track. I thought I was on I was on Obert's side when we were going through this list originally. I, I thought it was like a a bomber or something. That's something. Uh. I've been a, I've been as, a part of enough treehouse groups where people are like, "Oh, there's a blue Teku glass out today," and I'm like, "Who cares? It's yeah. glass." <laughs> yep, yep. Also, uh, it's uh, many enthusiasts have moved on to collecting rare or rare glassware. Uh, these are usually released in concert with juice releases and are often Tekus. So there you go. <laughs> um, here's a good one. Uh, Haze Boys IPA fans. Yeah. yeah, people who are just in it for the haze. Yep, there you go. A breed of beer fan, usually in his 20s, who strictly buys, trades, and drinks New England IPAs. <laughs> it's funny because, so, from what I can tell online, like, brewers are just, a lot of brewers are, like, over the whole hazy IPA thing. Right. And um, they just want to brew, like, I don't know, more traditional styles or, like, oh, look, try my tasty lager. And all of their fans are, like, more hazy IPAs now. <laughs> I don't want your stupid Schwartz beer. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. So good. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm definitely, I am, well, I don't say I'm not a strict haze boy, but I do enjoy myself some haze, so. Oh, like, yeah. You're definitely uh, a haze boy. I think we all fall into that description. No, because these are, like, strictly New England IPAs, you know? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Who cares? But whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes we all want to embrace our inner haze boy. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although none of us did tonight. Yeah. That is true. Ver- no, it's very true. We I've been after being called out by Jenna, I've been I'm gonna try and bring a little bit different <laughs> yeah, I've i a gentleman, I have to let you know I am a haze man. <laughs> I have graduated <laughs> I am a hazeman. <laughs> I'll be bringing hazeman beers from now henceforth. <laughs> I'm a hazeman, yep. I think I have oh, a few man. more Trillium beers to drink on this podcast. So, Oh, great. Awesome. The fall of Trillium. Uh, <laughs> so last one we'll do today is a shelf turd. Do you guys know what that is? I can imagine what that one is. <laughs> what do you think it is, Todd? I'm going to say, is it a beer that you keep on the shelf because it's just awful? Maybe? O- Ober? Yeah, that's exactly what I think. I think that's the way the Waysatch pumpkin uh, <laughs> six pack I still have in my fridge from episode whatever single digits when we started this podcast. <laughs> I still have the rest, the rest of a six pack. It's just a shelf turd sitting there waiting to be drank. You should yeah. just you should just make chili. So pour it in there. So that was my guess idea. too. Um, was like just a crap beer that sits on a shelf. But 
actually it's more of i i consider it a shelfie myself um but it's a less than rare beer that is usually available on the on the shelves at a store anytime you visit often they're a beer that was once highly coveted that is regularly available now so, so sip of sunshine precisely that's the one that came to mind so it does it's not necessarily a bad beer it's just no longer new and hot and you know <laughs> see i think of a shelfie is when you take a picture with your face uh next to the shelf you just built oh no yeah, yeah. you're just like oh time for my shelfie <laughs> oh maybe i've been using that wrong yeah is that do you have a um uh, a list of carpentry slang terms <laughs> oh yeah we'll get to those next week <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I'll save it. Save it for the end. My end table bros. There you go. <laughs> so does does Bud Light count as a shelf turd? I would assume so. I mean, uh, see, I, I the way I heard it, I I interpreted it as like it's still good beer that was hard to find, and now it's everywhere. I mean, there was a time where Bud Light was like the best thing you could buy, but it because... was never hard to find, right? Well, yeah, during the '30s, it was hard to find. End of the it 20s. didn't exist then. You Bud Light was an empty Budweiser glass. That's that's a that's a light bud. There you go. There you go. Okay, so with that, I think it's time for everybody's favorite segment: our three handles on our frosty mug of wisdom, where we share things from our lives that make them better. Um, Todd, you've you've skipped out on the last few um, frosty mugs. Why don't we start by filling it up yes. with your wisdom this week? Sure, I have so many things to discuss. Um, Huh. <laughs> Let me go first. Italy. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Handle number one, Italy. Go do that. Um, no, you know what? I think we talked a lot about Italy today, so I'm going to hang on to some of my Italian ones for future podcasts. Uh, today, I am going to... This is timely, so I'll, I'll do this one so it doesn't expire on me. Uh, effective on August 7th, so as of... When you guys are hearing this, uh, it'll be August 29th. So as of a few weeks ago, uh, a certain band uh, that has avoided being on any um streaming platform released all their songs on on into the streaming universe and that band is tool um they're coming out actually when you guys listen to this podcast tomorrow they're coming out with a new album tomorrow meaning august Uh, 30th meaning august 30th they're releasing a new album their first album in 15 years uh so in order to prep for that and obviously given today's day and age in music they released all of their albums onto spotify apple music and all the other streaming platforms and this is what you have blasting in your garage to to um to sonically enhance your whiskey right yeah okay yes correct (laughs) but yeah so tool is now on out on spotify so anybody who's a spotify subscriber or an apple music subscriber or whatever i happen to be a spotify subscriber go on there you can listen to all tool now it's yeah, I don't think I ever realized how good Tool was until I until I listened to all their albums. They're really good, so check that out. Tool streaming music near you. Nice, cool. Well, yeah, I was never really the the biggest Tool fan, but maybe I'll look them up. Maybe I'll look them up now. Now that I can have access to them, potentially. This is where you hand it off to somebody, Ted. Yeah, I know. I'm 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 debating who do I hand it off to. Ober, you look like you're ready to go. So I do. I do have some uh, wisdom to impart on, upon the mug today. Wisdomy wisdom. Wisdomy wisdom. <laughs> um, yeah, friends of the show, Jason and Aaron, were here last last weekend in Montana, and we went huckleberry picking. And what do you do with huckleberries? You you do many things, including huckleberry pancakes. Um, yeah, you can also you can also 
paint a picket fence with with the huckleberry. But uh, (laughs) what I chose to do was infuse them with some tequila, Hmm. which um, so I'm going to get some Blanca tequila. I have a a container picked out. I'm just going to age them for um, what I've heard is you want to do it from like two to four weeks. And just after two weeks, you know, just taste it every day or so, every three days. Um, it's really simple. You can either put them in straight or you can muddle them um, and mash them up um, and, Do they and not turn filter rotten? it in. No, I mean, well, the alcohol will kill anything that would that would ferment that would otherwise um, make the fruit go bad. Mm. So you could just so in theory, the huckleberry could stay in the tequila for ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and people do huckleberry vodka as well. Um, I think vodka makes a better base because you know there's not you when you have vodka it's usually very clean you don't have a lot of other flavors um, right but I I wanted to do something a little more complex so I'm gonna do, go with a blanco tequila as my my base um, but my now could you also age it in the fridge too or on the counter you want to do it on the counter I think you want the at room temperature that that um, that diffusion of flavor is gonna happen a little faster. I think if it's okay. chilled, you won't get that same chemical reaction. Um, so I'll have to at some point bring this onto the pod. Um, but my advice to everybody, and I'll put a link for how to do it into the show notes, um, is to is to make a diffusion. I mean, you could also do something with like, you could do like a mint simple syrup where you do, and this is one that you would want to probably do in the fridge. You'd want to do with like uh, water, sugar, and um just some mint leaves and you could just leave that in the fridge for a month or so and um you know use that with uh, like a tasty mojito like they had on the show the other day or any other drink where you would add simple syrup and you might want that little mint flavor um it just adds a nice it's like brings your drinks up to the next level you know so nice so that's my wisdom for this week um if you listeners do d- decide to infuse something we'd love to hear about it let us know, dawfpodcast at gmail.com. My, my brother used to diffuse uh, Skittles into vodka. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a good infusion. Yeah, some 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 vodka Skittle flavors. <laughs> yeah. You do with Sour Patch Kids. That sounds good. Yeah. Mm. All right, so, so Chris, let me hand it off to you. What do you got? So this week, I want to, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm calling a quick audible right I now because I, I had something know. planned. I had something planned. Save it for next week, but it's our 52nd episode. It's one year. So I want to bestow upon everybody one thing that we've started doing, a new tradition in this household, which makes every week a good week. Oh, and that is... I know what this is, and I could tell you this is definitely great for 50, for our one-year anniversary here. <laughs> our one, yeah, our one-year anniversary <laughs> deserves this handle, and that is Steak Sunday. Steak Sunday. I like it. Steak Sunday. Because, you know, you go to work the next day, uh, Monday, and you can tell everybody about the great steak you had. So we've we've been doing it for like I don't know, probably close to two months now. Uh, and it started off kind of kind of low key, but now it's been bran- we've been branching out, and I've been and anybody that you t- you hear you hear steak Sunday, and you're like, damn, that's a good idea because <laughs> it's a good idea. And yeah, all we do we go out and we haven't all we do is go to like a local butcher shop or. I mean, hell, you can go to a stop and shop or food line or whatever the hell and uh, get a nice steak, uh, preferably one that you can grill because I'm 
I'm kind of a master griller now. So, uh, and you also live in a place where it never gets so cold you can't grill. Also true. Yes, yes. steak Sunday can be pretty much year round, which is awesome. Um, and throw throw some steaks on, season them up. Throw some steaks on. We like to chop up some fresh veggies and uh, grill those up as well. That so, sounds good. Oh yeah, it's really good. So it's definitely the best part of my Sundays is is steak Sunday. And for those pulling back the curtain, we record on Sundays. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, what the hell, dude? Hey, listen. Well, you know what just... I I like about steak Sunday is it's it gives you something to look forward to six right? days a week. Like every <laughs> single day, it's either steak Sunday or it's gonna be steak Sunday. And you're like, <laughs> I know what I'll be on Sunday, and it's going to be steak, and it's going to be delicious. So, have you like right. branched out into different, different steak, different steak cuts? Yeah. What are you? What are you? Yeah. Doing. Um. So, it, it's tough because I'm so steak illiterate right now. Like, I'm just learning about the world of steak. Don't your dad doesn't listen to this podcast, does he? <laughs> He might, but dad, right in. What kind of steak should I get? Yeah. Uh, you don't cook it to be dead anymore, too, right? Like you. No, I don't. I've gotten I've gotten really good at. Uh, I've learned the the layout of the grill <laughs> because my grill is very uneven. Uh, so it's like a hot part and a not hot part. Right, right. So I like mine like medium well, like you know, Ugh. a l- little bit of pink is fine. Ugh. And and Dana likes hers like rare medium, you know. Medium so, rare, my some might say. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. More rare than medium. That's why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, AKA medium, medium rare. rare. No, rare medium. And <laughs> <laughs> so I can line them up in a way where my steak's over the hotter part. So I could cook them for the same amount of time and they'll be perfectly done. That's I amazing. St- I still can't get over rare medium. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- <laughs> And the fact that, like, once he told him, he was like, no, 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 you guys are wrong. I, I know what I'm saying. It's, halfway, it's not rare. It's not medium. It's halfway between. It's a rare medium. Well, I, 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 like, I like to say that hers is a little bit more rare than it is medium. So it's rare medium. Wait, so in your mind, okay, let's say, let's say okay, it's raw, it's at the bottom, and then it goes rare. Yep. And then it goes rare, medium, then medium, rare, and then medium. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> okay, I get it now. Okay. I'm not saying medium rare isn't a thing. Okay. I'm just... It's just not it's how like... he cooks it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to back to your original question, uh, today we had some, like, I think it was New York strip steak, which was really good. Um, we've done T-bones. We've done some sirloins. We've done, I don't know, we've kind of branch out try a new thing every week or so um and it's it's been it's 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 pretty it's pretty awesome i can't wait till football starts because then it's going to be steak sunday and football sunday and it's going to be amazing so that sounds like a, but there you go that's a good handle that's yeah like a if handle. you if you haven't done it yet start it and then start tagging us on instagram with those hashtag steak sunday pictures <laughs> hashtag i want to see this sunday. i want to see this take off hashtag untap let's get on this <laughs> At DAW podcast. At DAW podcast. <laughs> yeah. Please tag us in all your Steak Sunday pictures. I feel like Steak Sunday Please may do. catch on quicker than hashtag untapped. Let's get on this. Uh, well, we can tie them together. That's, that's our, I think that's our official unofficial hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've been seeing LeBron James doing Taco Tuesday. I think this could be bigger than Taco Tuesday. Oh, for sure. Without LeBron James. <laughs> uh. 
So we, as you heard <laughs> over the last few weeks, we kind of muddled through what what we'd like to call an outro. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to do you want to show us a little bit how it's done, Tud? I think we all forgot. <laughs> oh, hang on, gotta clean my throat. And so with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, we're going to give a quick shout out to the breweries and or the distilleries who provided today's alcohol. I'm going to give a shout out to the remaster Dave Pictorial Blackened Tequila or Tequila Blackened Whiskey. I'd like to thank Heist Brewery for their Blackberry Bake Shop Berliner Weiss. And I want to thank the Spreacher Brewing Company's IPA. It's delicious. Please make sure that you guys are going on all social media. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Untapped, and follow us at DAWF Podcast. Make sure you hashtag follow the email at DAWFpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're sending all your, your comments, your questions, general thoughts right there. Obert's still looking forward to all the general thoughts. We're waiting for him. Uh, he looks forward in bated breath. breath. Um, please go on to itunes and give us a five-star rating that really helps people find us also make sure that <laughs> you're just trying to just screw me up make sure that you go um onto patreon and subscribe even a dollar a month you can get all access to our exclusive content also make sure you're going on there and somebody sign up for the 25 dollar item so chris has to drink a bud light and clamato clamato live for you on uh, the internet todd you know what chris. we missed while you were gone was we haven't been hearing the expensive things you can buy on Amazon. Oh, that was coming up, man. I was going to say, I, please use our Amazon affiliate link. And to celebrate me being back, what maybe, do you guys want to... Maybe that was my segue into that. I don't know. <laughs> don't don't segue no. me in the, in the middle of my outro. Okay. <laughs> so today's uh, most expensive thing you can, you can buy on Amazon is a Versace men's dinner jacket. So this is on Amazon, and you can buy this for two thousand seven hundred and seventy-five dollars. Um, obviously, basically Versace's giving it away. Right. I mean, it's free. I mean, it's <laughs> Versace. How can you? How can you go I wrong? I mean, if you're eating dinner, how are you not wearing this jacket during Steak Sunday? Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that you uh, click that link in our comment section and go buy that jacket. Uh, tune in next week, and we will tell you another really expensive item to help us make some money. I'd like to give a special shout-out to the uh, two people who filled in for me while I was gone. So, special shout-out to Jenna, and special shout-out to Jordan. Thank you guys for filling in. Um, also, obviously, after last week, and again, another special shout-out to Adam Delora from Labyrinth Brewing Company for providing us that interview. And also, a quick shout-out to Chris from Brewery Legitimus for doing that interview as well. I thought you were talking about me. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I mean, um, we'll take shout-outs, too, for holding down the fort while you weren't here. Yeah, I right. mean, I mean, I was going to give you guys shout-outs, but then we, we heard the outros, and... Ugh. I don't know. Some people like the outros. I'm not gonna lie. From what I've seen in our mailbag, is we got overwhelming support for our outros. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, I guess, I guess... This is the letters that, that Chris holds up to the webcam from our very real and literal mailbag. I was going to say, you guys must yeah, have, like, many, read them. Look how many there are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many do you guys have anything else to add before we fade off into oblivion i was just gonna say it's been a year of this which is crazy and i don't know when you start a podcast and, and you know you don't think that people listen <laughs> you think it's just us three but then you see people sending mail and people liking us on instagram and sending us messages and sending us beer in some in some cases and it's just running, it's really awesome running into people at breweries who are like hey i listen to that podcast right yeah and it's 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 crazy so we appreciate everybody that listens and you should 
you should spread the word because it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, one year down, many years to go, hopefully. Yeah, the, the community support has really been incredible. Unbelievable, mm. honestly. And uh, yeah, it's really motivation to keep keep on doing this for you guys. And we love doing it. So thanks again for listening to, yeah, first year. Can't wait until year two. Right. And so for the 52nd time, my name's Tud. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. A whole year. Should we get a new Should we get a new theme song for year two? I have. We might have to. Oh man! For episode fifty-three, we have to sound like an entirely different podcast. We'll do classical music. How does that sound?